Good morning, good afternoon, whatever time of day it is that you are listening, folks. Thank you very, very much for listening today. Today is the 3rd of June, year of our Lord 2021. Welcome to yet another edition of the Bun and Cardigan Show. I'm, of course, joined by the on again, off again man who wears the cardigan, James Edwards the third of The Athletic. It's James, almost your birthday. It is almost my birthday. Wow, thank you for realizing that. Wow. James Edwards the third, impressed. Thank what, you, James. What um, what zodiac? Sign? I'm not good with the zodiac. I'm a signs. Gemini. It's Gemini season right now, baby. It's Pride Month. It's Gemini season. It's June. The vibes are strong. Uh, Mercury Sun's was out, in retrograde the other day. Yeah, uh, James, we have we got some stuff to talk about today. As we almost went into the day with nothing to talk about, and then I get out of a movie theater last night, which, by the way, seeing movies by yourself is still awesome, and a quiet place too was awesome. I tweeted that yesterday. As soon as I get out of the movie theater, 10 minutes prior, uh, John Beeline was hired to be the director of player development for the Detroit Pistons. Now, my gut reaction Senior was... Senior advisor. Oh, that Mark's, I'm just reading Mark Stein's he, tweet. Said, yeah, then he corrected it after. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my initial reaction was, this guy doesn't know how to form relationships with players. And then I thought to myself, after five seconds of thought, hmm... Well, I guess he did do a really good job putting Michigan basketball back on the map. So, James, you texted me a very important point that seems to be lost on a lot of people, which is what? Well, there's a few things. Um, just scrolling the timeline after this news came out, um, a lot of people had the impression that Beeline's going to be out on the floor blowing whistles and doing drills. It is not what is about to happen. Um, he's been brought in in a senior advisor role of player development. So thank Ed Stefanski, but in terms of player development, um, Dwayne Casey was pushing for him to get this job. Actually, and here's a Bun and Cardigan breaking news. Whoa, whoa, wait. James is going to give a scoop, everybody. Turn up your, your headphones. Turn up the volume in your car. Okay. Breaking I was, news, James Edwards III. I was told that this decision was made weeks ago. It just now came out, though. Casey really wanted to get Beeline on board. I believe it's contract once the the Cleveland situation separated itself. And this is what's going to happen from what I've been told and talking to people. Beeline is going to work with the development coaches, help outlining plans, help outlining um, areas of growth, help identifying individual areas of growth, and he's going to relay that to Casey's staff. And they're going to, together, they're going to come up with plans and ways of of, of curating and, and, and growing these young players. He's not going to be out on the floor blowing a whistle and putting them through drills. That's not what's going to happen. He's going to work hand-in-hand hand with the player development staff to come up with the best ways to grow these young players. Uh, it's He's not going to be on the bench. I know that for a fact. I don't even think he's going to travel to every single road game. Um it's a. It's very much a. He's able to play the background, uses basketball knowledge, which you can say what you want about his communication skills as a coach at this level. But he is a knowledgeable yeah. source when it comes to basketball. Um, he knows how to get. He knows what it takes to to get players to to get better, as you saw at Michigan. Like Duncan Robinson's about to get a bag. Um, Karis Levert got a bag. Mm-hmm. Tim Hardaway got a bag. Gonna get um, another one too. Gonna get way. another one. So it's 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 somebody that Dwayne has trust in in terms of his eyes and ears, and um, they need the Pistons need to improve their shooting. John Beeline has curated shooters, 
it's going to be it's yeah he's going to be a, a a voice in the room a voice sure. in the room but he's not going to be working with the players hand in hand and i think the, a lot of yeah. people took that as what that as what his what the title was going to be that's that's not what it is so just to backtrack a little bit i just want to make sure uh i had not that that nugget's not out there that this was completed weeks ago this is like this is a real for the first time i joke about it all the time james actually just broke news on the show yeah i think i've done it once or twice before but yeah this is the first time in a little bit in the last episode, your breaking news bit was that the Pistons really want the first pick in the draft. So yeah. usually you're messing I've with I've stepped me. my game up. Um, so does that – So it just kind of goes to show, like, he wasn't at half of our home games for no reason. No, he was not. Um, there was – yeah, he lives in the areas. Like, he still – I think he still lives in Ann Arbor. Um, he has relationships with people in the front office. Uh, people know Josh Bartlestein, um, the son of – legendary agent Mark Bartlestein. Um, he's in the Pistons front office. He played, he was a walk-on at Michigan. So he lives in Michigan. He was able to kind of stay busy, keep his, keep his hand in basketball. The Pistons had him in, let him observe games, practices. Um, and yeah, the, the goal was to bring him on. And Dwayne was one of the biggest ba- uh, backers of that decision. Mm, okay. Other big news. I say big. It's about the most lukewarm news imaginable. But as of today, Bobby Marks, uh, the Detroit Pistons and Senior Director of Player Personnel, Greg Polinski, have parted ways. Uh, Polinski was part of the staff in Brooklyn and Detroit that drafted Karis LeVert, Jarrett Allen, Sadiq Bey, and Isaiah Stewart. What does this mean? Should we care? Um, should you care? Y- yes, because... It means that there's change coming. And if you're listening to this podcast, up on The Athletic right now, on Thursday, Ooh. I had did an off-season predictions piece where I just predict some things that I think are going to happen this off-season. And I kind of wish I ran the story on Wednesday because one of my number one prediction is there's going to be shakeups in the front office and coaching staff. So you oh. should you should care because it's Troy has been here a year and obviously he wants to make some changes. And so, okay. I I go into a little bit more detail in the piece and there's other, um, there's other, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not fact-based opinions, but, um, what's the, what does it look like when you're, when you make an opinion based on knowledge based opinions on there? But my biggest one was there's going to be shakeups to the front office which we've seen already. Yeah. And I yeah. this I swear the story was written before all this stuff happened. This isn't <laughs> running till Thursday. And there's going to also be um I wouldn't be surprised if there's some shakeups in the coaching staff too. So read the piece to get a little bit more and to see the other opinions. So last offseason was predictions, I'm sorry. Was the offseason of uh Troy Reaper. Was it is that what people say? Troy Reaper, uh Troy Stretch and Weaver. The Grim, the Grim Weaver. <laughs> Grim Weaver is what I was thinking of. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Grim Weaver came for the players, but now it's the executives, it's the coaches that are on the line. Gotcha. It seems, okay. yeah, it's, there's going to be some shuffling going on. I believe there will be some shuffling going on, yes. Sean, I know you're listening to this. You're safe. Don't worry. Sydney, uh, I don't think you listen to this show, uh, but I think you're going to be okay, too. So that was it. Piston stuff actually happened this week. Wow, that was pretty cool. I like yeah, that. Right. I just got back from vacation, so the, I, I I appreciate Troy waiting 
Troy and Dwayne waiting until I got back. For I think, once. I definitely think that was intentional. They knew that I was on vacation, <laughs> and they decided to let it all out when I got back. So I thank you, Troy and Dwayne. I, I appreciate it. I'm going to do bad podcasting for just a second. Didn't something else happen with the Pistons this week? I'm, this isn't a bit. I feel like I'm forgetting something that I desperately meant to mention on the show, and I actually can't remember. Maybe I'll just say this because it'll be a transition. Jalen Brown, I feel like a black coach and a black GM seems like it would be kind of his thing. And in I light agree. of everything happening in Boston, thoughts? I agree with you, and – my hunch is that Boston hires a black coach. Well, okay. See, this is an interesting thing to talk about. So first, let me ask you this. Let me, because the, the downside to doing one show a week is sometimes we're going to be a little bit behind on stuff, and sometimes it'll be so past it that we just won't even bring it up. But is there any player in the history of basketball that could step on your favorite team's logo and you would care? Or are you an adult? I'm an adult. That's cool. That's sports to me, not pouring popcorn on a guy's head, not throwing a water bottle at him, stepping on the logo, T.O. running to the star and mm-hmm. and posing. That's taunting. That's sports. That's harmless. That's not hurting anybody. That's that's grade A shit talk. Yeah. And I think people that get upset over that never played sports, if I'm being honest. I'd hate to be cruel but if, you, if you're upset over somebody stepping on your team's logo which by the way everybody steps on the logo when they do the tip off and they step on it and, and transition and they step on it every time they switch positions and they do fucking cheerleader dances on the logo <laughs> i think the issue that people had is that Ky- Kyrie maliciously went out and did i'm not trying to justify what because they what That's they fine. Believe is stupid, he did but yeah it's whatever yeah. so just to your point uh, per bet online, AG underscore AG. Jay Laranega, three to one. Top odds to be the Celtics' next coach. Jason Kidd, five to one. Chauncey is the six to one. Okay. Hopefully, it's only like a three or four year deal and then he dips and comes home. Lloyd Pierce, six to one. This is my favorite. This is my either my first or second favorite. You want a black coach, James, if you're Boston? How about Sam Cassell at seven to one? I like Sam. Here's James's list. Um, Mark, Mark. I was gonna say Mark D'Antonio, Mike D'Antoni. Oh, Mark D'Antoni. <laughs> um, Juwan Howard. Yeah, you just you went all in on like Michigan Twitter today. Well, no, 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 no. I didn't go in on them. Michigan Twitter. Michigan Twitter decided that the Michigan basketball job is bigger than the Boston yeah. Celtics job. Yeah. If that's not Michigan arrogance at its finest, I don't know what is. And I tweeted this, and you guys have seen it probably. I have people I love that went to Michigan. I have some of my closest friends went to Michigan. When somebody tweeted to me that Juwan Howard wouldn't leave Michigan for the Celtics because it's not as big of a job, that arrogance is the reason why I wish Michigan's demise. If they're playing Duke in the national championship game, I'm rooting for Duke. Mm. And I hate Duke. But I hate Michigan more. Shout out to Coach K. Shout out to Coach K. Uh, but yeah, so Juwan Howard, Rick Carlisle is a hot take one um, because he's currently a coach, but he used to be in Boston. And you like Terry Stotts because he's he's a free agent, coaching free agent I think, this summer. I think I think this could be Stotts' last run if he's done. Um, maybe not. 
And then I like Sam Cassell. Jerry Stackhouse is another one. Becky Hammond. How do you like that? 14 to 1. Um, gosh, I have a Becky Hammond take that. Let's keep that one in the chamber for a little while. Yeah, I'll just say this. Being in basketball circles, it's uh, – how do I say this delicately? Um, f- from things you hear, obviously the media has kind of pushed Becky Hammond as she could be the first female head coach in the NBA. So it that's kind of what everybody's thinking. I don't necessarily know – and it's hard to go back from it because of the the optics it it it, it paints. I don't know if um, I don't know if people in basketball circles think that right now. Like I don't I know the nationally and the media and the fans are that's force fed to them and they think that it's a possibility. I don't know if actually she is the one to break that barrier, um, but you have to. You have to, it, it this the spur. This is just me talking. The Spurs are in a tough spot. I'll say that. Um, I think I know. I I finally put two and two together. Am I allowed to say it? You can tell me what you think it is. Is it the whole that she's like a closeted? Oh no no no! Republican no, no, no. extremist or something? No 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 no. Okay, it's not um, that. Okay. This is just me talking. If she was really. I hate saying it because it sounds like I'm like going against a woman being a head coach and that's not I I'm rooting for it. I hope it happens. If she was really the the one to get a job to do it, I think it would already have happened. And okay. I think the Spurs are in a spot because of the optics. I think there's a lot of people think who she's going to be Greg Popovich's successor. Would you say that your average fan I would fan, say that's the that's the consensus, sure. And I would say that I would bet money that doesn't happen, and I would bet money that they're in a tough spot that they kind of can't uh, make a notion that that's not going to happen because of how gotcha. it's viewed. And this is just me talking, just from sure. having conversations with people around the league. Okay, that's it. Well, and I'll I could just... be, I, 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 and again, I could be completely wrong. I just sure. think if she was going to be a head coach. Um, think would have would have happened already or it would be pretty pronounced that it was coming you like swin cash how about that i Throw love crazy cash. i love Kara lawson i think Kara lawson would be a great head coach okay what about uh let's get off of it let's talk about why this is happening in the first place okay because you got limited time today all right yeah we wake up today and the Celtics were just flipped on their heads the fire danny brown danny brown fire danny brown jack <laughs> the fire Danny Ainge, the fire Brad Stevens crowds got both of their wishes today, I guess. So Danny Ainge steps down, which is yeah. I, most people thought it might happen because yeah. it's been a bad week for Danny Ainge. Plus yeah. this whole season, it's been very noted that the Celtics have just structurally just had a really difficult time. They, it was a little stale. Yeah. And uh, Brad Stevens, probably his worst season as a head coach. Uh yeah, and I think uh, I'm not a Brad Stevens apologist, but he, Danny Ainge, didn't give him great cards to play with. No, yeah. no, 
they knew Al Horford was going to leave, if I remember correctly, and just didn't do anything about it. And then Jeff they, Teague ended up being an idiot, and that didn't work. And, and they had three first-round picks that they mm-hmm. had no business selecting and had a window with two 24-year-olds who are top 20 players and probably should have used those three picks to go get another yeah. guy. Because the, they, the, they yeah. could have used another guy, if you, as you saw. In the or they could, have, they could have drafted Sadiq Bey. Or they could have done that. Um, Instead of Aaron Neesmith, who yeah. the jury is still out on because he did right. actually play pretty well at the end of the year. Right, but I'm taking all three of those first round picks and going sure. to get a guy I know can play. Sure, yeah, um, and that, and to me that's not it wasn't it's not rocket science. No, you like Carl yeah. Anthony Towns in that situation. They wouldn't do it for those picks, but I like where your head is at. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't think that's enough for Minnesota. No, can I? Let's just get this out of the way. Brad Stevens was. By every conceivable metric, uh, success as Boston's head coach. I don't know what's mm-hmm. crazier. The fact that it's already been like eight years or that this is how it ends. I don't know which is harder to wrap my head around. Because it, it, it feels like it ends. he was one of the most successful college to NBA coaches ever. He has to be. I don't, Definitely I don't know. in modern NBA. Yeah, I don't. I have no metrics historically on that. too. Probably historic. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they've been to the finals three of the last five years. Conference finals. Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, yeah, I got I got no numbers on that. That's just off the top of my head. Like Larry Brown did it a few times. Like he went from the Pistons. I think he didn't. He go straight to SMU from Detroit. But he came from. Uh, I don't remember where he came from before Detroit. He, he, Philly. He was AI's coach. That's right. That's right. Yep. Um. But histor- it this just doesn't work. John Beeline, the, just bring a whole, the whole thing full circle. It just doesn't work. Yeah. The Danny Ainge thing, you're the general manager of a team for 20 years, which the guy before him was Red Auerbach, who was in the organization first, like, 60 years. Yeah. Okay? He tanks the team into the ground. Danny takes over in, what, I think, 02? And within six years... He executes the uh, the Kevin Garnett trade. They form the big three. One of the original ones of people of my generation. That was one of the first, if not mm-hmm. the, I think really the first. They win a championship in yep. 2008. They go to the finals in 2009. Now, James, you made a point last night that I think goes, it, it just makes this whole thing perfect. If you want to quantify the success that Danny Ainge had as a general manager, you have to look at it like this. If you're a fan and you're viewing every single season as championship or bust, eventually you're just going to become miserable. Like, there's a healthy middle where you can just be a fun team. And you were talking about this in reference to Damian Lillard and Portland and teams of that ilk, right? And, 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 I, was re- and I was referencing um, the, the fan mentality when it comes to championship bust. Dame should want a championship. Yes. That's not what I was saying. I was saying this: the sports have kind of gotten ruined in a sense because it's fa- – Fans of, I guarantee you, Portland fans. While they're probably frustrated because they have a great player and have been kind of close, yeah. To, I guarantee you, they would rather more years of maybe getting to the West, squeaking into the Western Conference Final with Fun Dame always being good in the regular season. You can go to a game in Portland. Um, I forget what's the name of the arena. Moda Center at the Moda Center, and. You're going to have entertaining basketball every night. They would rather, I think, they would rather have that than rebuilding because it didn't work. And that's all I'm saying. Like, there's as a as a fan, there should be a middle ground. There's it shouldn't be yeah. a champion. Right, Nick, would you be happy if the Pistons turned into Portland? 
I was about to say, I would go some pretty far lengths to have the last decade that Boston or Portland has had, right? And, like, there have been some hiccups along the way, but it's all culminated to something where you've been able to look at them and think, what if, right? What's their path here? Portland went to the Western Conference Finals, what, two, three three years ago? I think the Uh, year before the bubble. It so was two years ago. Yeah, it was the it was when Toronto won. Yep. So it was 2019. So you're right. Uh, yeah, and Boston when they 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 win the finals, and then in 2009 they lose in the finals, and then after that you execute this Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce trade that sent an NBA franchise into a state of we might have to the league might have to like buy this team and move them. Like it was bad. They were they were unwatchable. And then we, for so many years, I know people look at it now and you say people like, well, I guess Brooklyn did end up winning that trade after all. However you want to look at it, it doesn't really matter because for the better part of the last, I don't know, seven years, we've viewed it as Boston won the trade. And if you want to look at it from certain angles, it, it, do that. Do with it what yeah, you will. I wouldn't but say, I, yeah, I wouldn't say that. It is what it is. And again, for the better part of a decade, we viewed that as one of the most insane fleecings of all time. And that was the old adage for such a long time is if Danny Ainge calls you, hang up the phone. And I think that there's something to be said about that. There's also something to be said about the consistent balking and everything that came with being a Celtics fan for the last however many years where it was it was always an almost. It was always a what if this thing happened or it was always the, the, the Celtics checked in on this and always putting your chips in the middle and then actually having them attached to a string where you actually you just pull them all back in you're like ah i'm I'm too scared i don't want to do it where you're on you're on FanDuel, not an ad and you're hovering over place bet and then you no, i don't want to do that actually and then the bet actually ends up cashing and you would have won all this money that has been danny ainge's life for the last however many years as the celtics general manager so to replace him with brad stevens a guy who has had not a day in his life of experience uh, in a, in a, a, Unless a, you a, count a, recruiting, I guess. Sure, and he was paying. The, well, they probably weren't paying players. Yeah, not at Butler. Butler. I can't. Yeah. I can't make that joke. That's yeah. too bad. Um, I just this whole thing is bananas to me, and uh, I can't believe Kyrie sent this shockwave. <laughs> <laughs> Kyrie steps on Lucky the Leprechaun, and Danny Ainge retires, and Brad Stevens runs, and it's this whole thing, and. Man, it uh There's a lot of irony in Kyrie ending the Celtics, which he didn't because (laughs) they still have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Yes. But yeah, no, I I wanna talk talk about the the championship or bus thing. I can understand it in Boston why you'd be frustrated because that's a place that is a I mean, do they have more titles than the Lakers or did the Lakers are they tied? It's close. It's one and two. Close. Yeah, I I forget the exact numbers. Yeah. And Ainge, like you mentioned, continuously didn't pull the trigger on big trades that could have maybe got him over the hump. My and my rant on Twitter was more in reference to small markets and mid markets. Like people forget, the Pistons were selling, were the were leading the league in attendance. They had one NBA championship. They were always in the conversation. They were always in the playoffs. They were always good in the regular season. Sometimes you just don't win. And that is okay. That is okay as a fan to you. You should want your team to win without question. I'm not telling you how to be a fan, but I, I just desperately think we need to get back to the mindset of, oh, I can go to this. I can go to the arena every night and expect my team to either win or play hard. Great. I can expect my team when the playoffs come. They could they could win a series. They can win two series. 
that's great. Like we need to get back to that. That, sure. that it's ruining sports when everybody's like, "Oh, we can't win a title, let's tank." And it's just it's it's not fun. That's 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 not sports fandom. It's it's okay to have a 46 win team and get to the second round, the third round. As long sure. as you're the people in charge are are maximizing what they have and in those small and mid markets it is. Now, in Portland's case, I don't think Dame should leave because Portland has the the assets in house to bring somebody in. It is time to probably trade CJ. I would trade LB first. Of course. And yeah, you're right. I'm kidding. You, I'm, you need I'm a third kidding. star in L. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, but yeah, it's probably time to trade CJ. The of course. And probably Nurkic too. Cause when you have a guy who his motor just runs out and then he just can't get up and down the floor, which sucks. Are you ready for the, this? Da 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 yeah. <laughs> Jeremy Grant. Okay. I'm listening. Josh Jackson. I don't want CJ. If we can just put a bowl. You don't in want there. CJ? No. Not with not if I can't have Jeremy Grant. Is has the draft has the draft already happened? You know what's funny is I was gonna say to you, how many which which young guys are you giving up for Dame? Because you have to give up at least two of them. Um if you're a representative of any of the Pistons young players or a family member or a friend, <laughs> I am a I, I'm I, making I very James much like I very much like the Pistons rookies and think they're gonna be solid players at worst. Um I will I will I will drive all of them to an airport in a Mercedes bus. Um I'll roll out the carpet from the street level mm. to their terminal. If Dame Lillard is going to walk through the door when I get to the terminal, yeah. So okay, that's that's your answer then. Is take your pick if it's going to be Dame. Yes, Lillard. it is Dame yeah. freaking Lillard. You can have okay, what, sure. You can. I'll Dame can also name the team whatever he wants. We can be the Dame, the Detroit Dame Dallas if that's what it takes. I'm going to throw one out there. I don't believe this. I wouldn't do this just for the record. You get Cade and you're somehow able to throw something together. Would you do it? You have to put Cade in it, though. But you get to keep uh, – instead of giving up two of the current young guys, you only have to give up one. The answer has to be no. Stop long, it. Long-term – okay, this is, I don't think it has to be no, and I'll tell you why. Long-term team building tells me no. Eventually, yes. Dame's going to get older before these other guys, clearly. It's mm-hmm. Mother Nature. Now, how many years of this Dame do we have left? Probably four to five. Mm. Am I sure any player on this roster is going to ever be Dame Lillard? <sighs> you can't you can't be sure. No, no. And Dame, I, I'm sure. Dame I'm, in the I'm East, sure, actually. No, none of them are. Dame in the East. Pair him with Jeremy Grant, which is the type of player Dame needs to be paired with. If you can keep Isaiah Stewart, are you telling me that team's not a – Five seed at worst. You get Josh Christopher in the second round. Maybe you pick up Luca Garza. Who knows? Fucking <laughs> Luca Garza. If I, I just had to, I just have to cover Luca. If I have to cover Luca Garza, um, it'll be the end of the Bunny Cardigan show. Hal, clip that. I know you're listening. <laughs> Record James saying that, please. Thank you very much. Shout out to uh, Hal. Before we get going, I need to. We need to talk about this. There's only one second round matchup that's currently decided. Okay. The Nicholas Bowl. 
Well, it's not it's the Nicholas Bull. But... Well, I, I wrote for the Nets, so I wrote oh, about yeah, the yeah, Nets yeah. for for yeah. a short time. So sure, I, I'm in pretty good with Nets fans. I was Nicholas covering Bulls. the Nicholas I Bull. was covering the 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 Nets the off season that it happened that they got Katie and Kyrie, and the the first ever story that I wrote was um, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving uniting pariahs and i basically just talked about how you take these two villains in the nba and you put them on this team that people hate the city and it's this whole thing and it was yeah the piece did really well the the piece that i, wrote I would love for to the read Nets, it send it to me i'll try to find it the piece that i wrote for that blog that went the craziest was a speculative mellow to brooklyn piece and that thing went to the moon. And I don't want to say how many page views it got, but it got a, a lot. Like, more, a lot, a lot. More than 500,000? It was more than Spartan Stadium's capacity. I won't say how much more it is, but it was more than Spartan Stadium's capacity. What is capacity. Spartan Stadium capacity? Is that 76? 75. 75. So, I'm, I'm uh, happy I was that close. I, I didn't know that. Bucks Nets. No Dante DiVincenzo. Jeff Green is out for an uncertain, undisclosed amount of time. How in the world are you day-to-day with a torn meniscus, Joel Embiid? What's going on with the Sixers? I understand how because yeah. I have apparently a million doctors that follow me on Twitter. and Everyone <laughs> everyone explained it to me. I still don't believe it. But if let's, the Sixers let's... are smart, they're not. They're not pl- no. Well, let me say this. Get through the Wizards. You're fine. Yeah. Well, I don't know about your, if you're fine, but... Um... No, no, no. They're fine getting through the Wizards. I wouldn't play him for the the rest of that series. Right. But that could no, only I be agree. a game. Um, and yeah. then they and then they play. Um, why am I drawing a blank? It's Boston. They would play. Who's the other series? The Knicks. The winner of Knicks Hawks or the the Hawks. They then would play the Hawks. if it's the Hawk, which it's going to be the Hawks. Yes. Uh, that could be interesting. Um, if yeah. if Joel's not playing. If Joel's playing, it's Rock Chalk Jayhawk. But um, yeah, I don't know. If I'm Philly, I'm that's a tough call, man. Because maybe you feel this is this is your time, but also you have to remember Joel Embiid has an injury history and is only 24, 25, super young. Like, is it worth is it worth doing more damage? Yeah, you know what's worth doing a lot of damage uh, to is the Nets' defense, which has actually been pretty good in the playoffs, which has been a little bit shocking, but you have to take it for what it's worth. Read the context. Oh, Joel's 27. Sheesh. It's because they were playing Boston. That's why. Boston's offense wasn't particularly great. Kemba hit, like, one shot in, what, game three, which was really good for me. First shot of the game. That's what I needed (laughs) him to hit. That was crazy. For those of you that were uh, following the chronicles of my my gambling, that was a great night, but... (laughs) Uh, Milwaukee and six bucks and six. Woo! Milwaukee has the highest scoring offense in the history of modern basketball, and they also have what are they like second in defensive rating this season? I think I don't actually remember the playoffs. The Brooklyn's defense is really good. Uh, if Kevin Durant can average thirty in this series, I think Giannis can average thirty-five. Okay, if you're going to be putting Blake down low, if I'm, uh, I almost, I almost said uh, Josiah Scott, uh, Jackson Frank. So not even the same name. Pointed this out on Twitter earlier. He said, I would probably start, yes, I would probably start Claxton over Blake. I agree (laughs) with that 100% because that's a guy, I think it was game four that Blake was just athletically just wasn't having a good game. So Claxton came in and he was picking it up on the defensive end. And he's just a guy that camps in the dunker spot. He's a great role man. He's throwing in putbacks like that's who you want. They're going to need need to lean in on the the little bit of defensive uh arsenal 
in their wep- weaponry in their arsenal. They're going to need to lean on that a little bit more. You probably see more Bruce Brown. Joe Harris has been a really good defender. Um, mm-hmm. You're going to have to lean into Nicholas Claxton. I still just think it comes down to what you were talking about. The Bucks can defend. It's tough to guard that team, but the Bucks can also score. And I just think defensively, it's the offense is is way obviously this isn't a hot take. The offense is way more even than the defense is, and I think that's yeah. that's going to determine the series. That's why I say Bucks and six. I don't think it goes seven. Bryn Forbes outscoring Jimmy Butler for an entire series makes me really excited for Bryn Forbes versus Joe Harris. That I got to be, be honest. That is going to be a fun nerd matchup. Oof. But I don't know how much you can play Bryn. I'm going to be really interested to see how often he gets hunted defensively. Because Every time. Because the guy's a dog offensively, but you just wonder what you're going to get with the with the size, the length, and the athleticism that Brooklyn plays with. So that's yeah. going to be – oh, uh, also, Pistons fans, uh, we're going to sign off with this. I have we're going to do, t- do three tankathon rolls before we go. I have a oh, this is actually good. I need us to pick sixth. I have a thing, a new player that I can definitively say I want. Okay, let's let's see if we get to sixth. I don't uh, want first. I want sixth. I'm okay, kidding. I'll see if I can get it. Uh, yeah, but remember, if you're listening to this, go to the athletic. I have a story up where I did off-season predictions, things I think are going to happen with the roster. Um, I even have a draft one in there. That I, uh, check that out. Detroit is picking fifth. Can you get your guy at five or no? It's too soon. I could, I could, I could get him at five. It's a little bit, <laughs> might be a little bit of a reach, but for the sake of all it. right. So Orlando Cade, Houston Suggs. You can say whoever you want. This guy's not getting taken before. It's not Buchanan. Okay, who is it? It's Keon Johnson. Yeah, I knew that's your guy. I don't think that's it. Yeah. No, but I haven't really, I haven't really guessed him up. Okay, yet. James, do you like Mo Williams? Like. The Mo Williams from the gu- the point the, guard. The Mo Williams, yeah, the guy who put up fifty two on the Pacers. I enjoyed yeah, Mo. Wi- I Mo enjoyed Williams. the Mo Williams experience for. How, Let me introduce you. 10, 12 years. How many years he played? Let me introduce you to this guy from Tennessee, real big wing. His name's Keon Johnson. They to me are it's a one to one. If I can get Mo Williams at, at five or six, I don't six know though, if, not I five. I don't know if I like love that comp. He just I haven't watched his film. I was watching an entire Keon Johnson game, okay? And he doesn't jump off of one foot. If he dunks, it's always two. And it makes me feel like he doesn't think he can dunk and every time he does it's a surprise, but he always puts people on posters. Yeah. And like his his a lot of his stuff, uh like massive transition threat. And if the Pistons are gonna play as fast as I envision that they will, I'm talking Forget about Mike D'Antoni. I want the Dwayne Casey four seconds or less. That's what I want. I want this team running so fast in transition that the other team is still on the opposite baseline. Okay, and Keon Johnson is perfect for Killian in that setting. Uh, a lot of his stuff going downhill, he can create from mid-range. He just doesn't shoot threes. He just can't do it. So that's uh, a problem. Yes, not what you want. If So if that's where you take Book Knight unless he gets taken fifth, which he won't. Uh, my thing is... He goes down, like I said, he, he attacks downhill, he charges, he's super quick. The body control around the rim when he's finishing, mwah, if you couldn't hear that, it was a chef's kiss. His, his body control him. around the rim when he's finishing is good. Do another spin. Okay. Um, reset. Sim lottery. Fifth again. I'll go book night. Because we actually need a score. Keon Johnson is just like a fever dream to me. I was going to say, I hope I didn't talk you out of your guy that quick. 
No, no, I just, for variety's sake, we'll go with James. Hey, Laz, I'm back on Mobley, by the way. We're back, baby. Shout out to Kevin O'Connor. Fifth again. That's, Three fives in a that's row. The f- take Cade at five. <laughs> Create an order where Cade falls to five. It, Kevin O'Connor throwing the little gas on the fire at the end. There's an argument that can be made that uh, Detroit would want Mobley more than Cade. What do you know? Shout out to KOC. KOC. I, me and KOC I, have exchanged words on Twitter. We've never, we've never... We've been in the same place in person, but we've never talked to person. I respect KOC um, a lot, and I think he knows his shit without question. Like that's, I, 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 I don't think I don't think Kate is. A, I don't think Evans the better fit than Kate though. I could see it. I know you can. I, I mean, no, uh, yeah. You I, have I can Evan Mobley under uh, tidy whiteies. Uh, no, I'm wearing my supreme. Your supreme. Ev- your today. supreme Evan Mobley collab. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> uh, there's some people he apparently just likes a bunch of tweets about him going to Oklahoma City I don't love that I could see why he would though him and Poku at SGA imagine imagine this I'm going to paint you oh, a picture fun. This, is, this is like a, a, a you... an abstract MC Escher a Poku Evan Mobley <laughs> pick and roll I'm here for it Oh, if I were Evan oh, though I would I would go visit OKC before you start liking all those tweets. <laughs> mm. I think it was – I don't remember if it was tweets or if it was like pictures, like edits oh, okay. on Instagram or comments or whatever. I don't remember what it was, but there was something where people were catching Evan Mobley being like, I want to go to Oklahoma City. And I was like, I like Shea Gilgis. I would love – that would be a lot. I love a lot. I love Poku. Yeah. I'm, I'm here I for that. I love Ludort. Wow, Evan Mobley and OKC would be freaking would be sweet. Fun. I would be here for that as a as a fan of basketball. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, a little bit of a shorter episode today. James, should we tell them why? Should we tell them it's because you forgot that we were supposed to record and you hate me and didn't want to talk to me today? Well, one, we talk just we talk all the time. Um, two, again, it's the off season, folks. We we wasted our <laughs> Pistons talk at up top. Not wasted. We did our Pistons talk in three minutes up top. Um, yeah, I thought it was. We're still go we're still three <laughs> weeks away from the lottery. Um, yes. The nothing really crazy happened in the playoffs, uh, other than Dame. Well, I I'm I'm purposely avoiding talking about Clippers Mavs until the Mavs win. And if the Clippers win, then here's what I'll say about that. I said this the other day. The adage that the Knicks being good is good for basketball. If we're led to believe that that's true, then we simultaneously have to believe that nobody wants the Clippers to be good. That is what I will say about that. If you want the Clippers to be good and you're not a Clippers fan, you're a liar. And I don't know why you're lying. But Shout out to Joey Lynn. Shout out to my guy, Joey Lynn. Yes, except Joey Lynn. And Have I told that story on the pod? You have. I think. I think I told you, but no. Now that I think about it, nobody except maybe six people will know who I'm talking about. So there's, yeah. All right. Well, Sorry, I was away from the. That mic. could be yeah. my story time with James. I'll do it really quick. Sure. So if you're not, can you get Joey Lynn's Twitter up on what his handle is? I think it's literally just at Joey Lynn. Okay, so here's a here's a talking, funny story. I'm it up right now. We were in L.A., um, so it had to be twenty nine. It was during the Blake. Blake's uh, all NBA year. So 2018 19. It was his first full season. What's going on? The Red Wings got six. Oh, you didn't see that? Yeah, yeah. That was like projected. Um, So, yeah. You threw me off. What was I talking about? Joey Lynn. Uh, Joey Lynn. So, yeah. <sighs> this is a terrible way to end the pod. We're in LA. It's Blake's. <laughs> 
first full season in Detroit. It's the the All-NBA year. He obviously came the year before halfway through, but it's his first game back in Staples Center. So going into it, my story was going to be, I'm going to go up to four or five fans before the game and ask them about their favorite Blake memories. I was like, that'll be fun. Like he was the face of a franchise that's been in disarray. He helped bring them out of the ashes. Everybody loved Blake. I was like, it'd be great to get fan kind of stories on did Blake make them a Clippers fan? Blake's favorite. Like it was just, I thought it'd be cool. So I'm at the arena early, like I always am. Game's at 7. Mm. I'm there at 4.30. They let people in around oh. – s- well, you don't understand. They – No, I know. I do coaching, They I do know. coach interviews at 5.30. Yeah. It's just a long day. So they let people in around 5.36, and I go out watching guys shoot around, and this, people start trickling in. And I'm like, all right, I need to go find somebody to ask. I'd rather get it done, get my interviews done before the game so I can watch the game and leave after. Um, and I look around, and I see – a teenager and his dad in the stands and i go up to him i introduce myself hey i'm james edwards i'm a i work for the athletic i cover the detroit pistons can i ask you some questions about blake he's like yeah no problem and he like goes into a spiel like how blake made him a clippers fan and like how blake's his favorite player it was like great awesome um he followed me on twitter after the game like it was just a a, a kid from la who was a clippers fan it was it was cool he was a cool kid to talk to his yeah. dad was really cool too come yeah. to find out Joey Lynn has kind of like made himself like I would I don't want it like I hope you don't take this as the wrong way Nick but he's kind of like the Clippers version of you like if you're a fan of the like you guys don't do the same thing but like if you're into Clippers Twitter you probably know who Joey Lynn is right yeah I mean he well he even started doing videos recently. yeah he did right so so yeah no that's exactly so and he was like a I, he was he also told me during the interview he was like a sports he was going to school for sports journalism um or he was already in school. He might have already been in college. I can't remember. I'm sorry, Joey. But he was going to do this. Like, this is what he wanted to do. So, yeah, now the kid has, like, grown his Twitter followers. He's, like, around on Twitter. And it was just crazy how that worked out. Like, of all the yeah. people I w- decided who was in the arena, I'm like, I'm going to go talk to this kid and his dad. And Joey Lynn's doing his thing. So I want to shout out Joey Lynn. Um, that was a fun story. And it was great to, to kind of make that connection. Then next year when we went to L.A., he he DM me. He's like, "Hey, I'm here." When we chatted, so shout out to Joey Lynn, man. That's I awesome. don't know if he listens yeah, to this he, pod. I know he was a Pistons fan once Blake got traded. That was his. That was his was Eastern say, Conference yeah. team. He got in good with us Pistons fans because of the whole Blake thing. And then when Blake left, he was like, "Oh, thanks, Pistons fans. Like it's yeah. been fun." And I was like, "Yeah, I don't I'd blame leave you." Too. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Joey. I just want to say I am pretty sure, like you said, the Wings were projected to pick yeah. sixth. And I'm so I guess I'm just like, oh, well, we didn't get screwed, which is yeah, nice. believe it or not, so they we were terrible, but there were teams worse than them this year. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. I did know that. Uh, I'm pretty sure they also drafted Zadina sixth, if memory yeah. serves. I think he might have been fifth, but I think he was sixth. Zadina's the greatest Red Wing has ever played. All right, pump the brakes. So um, already, ladies and if and you gentlemen. don't, yeah, shout out to Max Boltman, our Red Wings writer. Um, he was we were golfing yes. the other day, and he w- wings for wings breakfast. for breakfast the podcast. Um, he was. We were talking the other day, and he's like, "This draft in the NHL is like this year or last year's NBA draft. Like, even if you get oh. one, it's not. It's not great." Like but he's. Larry but then David I was like, gift. "Well, what about Lamelo Ball?" He's like, "Yeah, like there's a guy that could be the Lamelo Ball of this year's draft." But he's like, "This isn't the draft to be. You're not missing anything if you don't get a top three pick." Sure, that's okay. Um, we got three weeks into the lottery. 
I'm going to let everybody in on a little secret. I do know what I'm going to be doing for my videos. i got a really cool setup that I'm really excited for. You guys probably won't be able to tell, but I'm really excited. And, and we uh, will be sending – we will be doing the Motown Noah Awards next week. Does that oh, work for you? Yeah, yeah, probably. We could just do it on my birthday. You want to do we'll – no, save it for your, I want to yeah, have save my, it for your birthday. No, nah, I don't know. Maybe I want to – no, let's do next week. Let's okay, do next not, week. I was going to get gonna us gonna a guest. In, I'm going to be in Michigan oh, yeah, on right. my birthday. So I don't want to have to – so I'll be still be able to do the show, but I'll be yeah. – it, you know, it'll be a yeah. whole thing. Ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we will get you the Zoom we'll links within out. the next week and a date. Yes. We'll be doing Motown Noah Awards. All right, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate five stars. Leave her a few if you're feeling generous. Make sure you subscribe. We will catch you guys in the next Peace. one.